Talking Payroll. My name is Tracy Angwin. In this conversation, I speak to Stephanie Francis, Payroll Services and Systems Manager at the iconic Sydney Opera House. A passionate and experienced payroll professional, I'm sure you're going to enjoy this chat that I have with Stephanie. Stephanie, welcome to the Talking Payroll podcast. Thank you very much. Now, I've, I've only known you being the Head of Payroll uh, Services and Systems at the Sydney Opera House, but I wondered how you got into payroll in the first place. God, that was a long time ago now. <laughs> For um, both of us. <laughs> <laughs> sure. And look, my, my payroll career has been at the Opera House, most definitely. Um, and I started, I studied uh, human resources and, and uh, industrial relations and then when I actually got a job, I realised pretty quickly that that was not where I wanted to be. And like a lot of people, I guess I fell into payroll. Um, human resources and payroll were in the same room at the, at the opera house. And I kept kind of peeking over that back fence going, what are those people with the calculators doing? I'd like to do that. You know? um, so, I mean, over a course of time, uh, the Opera House, you know, tried different permutations of payroll and, and human resources processing, which allowed me to get a foot in there. And then once the foot was in, it was never coming out. So that's um, so funny. It just morphed that way. Yeah. And how long have you been at the Opera House? Oh, <laughs> uh, it will be thirty-four years come February. No, that's yeah. why. I, I, that's why I sort of joked. I like I've only known you at the Opera House. What's this? 34 years in February. I know, I know. It doesn't feel <laughs> wow. that long. I promise you it doesn't feel that long, but uh, but that is true. And started, it's so interesting about HR, IR going into payroll, but we'll, we, I, I want, and I want to ask you more about that, sure. that later. 34 years, wow, congratulations. That's <laughs> is, is that as old as you, Trace? Is that- oh, look, I, yes, I'd like to think so. Oh, I'd like to think not perhaps, but um, wow, that's amazing. And no, I mean, the, the thing that amazes I think the thing that strikes me about that is you're so passionate about payroll still. Like I, mm. when I, I think if I did 34 years, um, I'd be a bit long in the tooth. To <laughs> <laughs> but you're so passionate about it. I love it. I mean, tell me about payroll at the Sydney Opera House. I mean, how many, like how, how big's the payroll? How many on your team? What makes your payroll unique? Like I'm interested in, you know, what's, what's unique about the Sydney Opera House payroll? Sure. Uh, currently, uh, well, we've got just over 800 on our payroll, I guess. We've been, we've been bigger than that. You know, COVID took a chunk out of it for a while there. Sure. Uh, but we're, we're slowly coming back to life and I'm sure those numbers will increase. Um, I've got a lovely team. Payroll and uh, workforce planning are all in one crew at the Opera House. So mm-hmm. there are three dedicated people for uh, a large portion of the rostering in the house and then four of us in payroll. Um, mm-hmm. To make that all happen, um, mm-hmm. our organisation is the usual mixture, full-time, part-time, casuals, you know, the whole shebang. Mm-hmm. Uh, a large portion of them, very garden variety, auto-pay type people, and then a, a, another large chunk are uh, piecemeal wages where we are, you know, really, really crunching payroll for them every fortnight. Mm-hmm. I yeah. imagine rostering's pretty complicated as well with all the different, you know, you've got security yeah. and all the back of house and front of house, all, all of that. Yeah, and we, we do have a number of different businesses in one, mm-hmm. as you say, and uh, the production people uh, take care of their own rostering largely and yeah, mm-hmm. that is complicated. You know, five, six different venues, 
all sorts of people running through them, specialty skills, all the rest of it. Uh, and then the more front of house side who are um, coming to my team, there you've got you know security and nurses and tourism and you mm. know, all the others. It's just um, it's very varied. Um, I've got some incredible rostering talent at the house there. They are phenomenal. They do make our life very easy <laughs> from yeah, that perspective anyway. And I so think, that, you know, they're, they're really, I think good rostering people are very sought after. It's, mm-hmm. um, it's a, I, I find it interesting in terms of payroll and rostering. You know, payroll is something that certainly in the last, I don't know how many years now, but our profile has been lifted and, um, and I'm waiting for the rostering profile to get lifted when, uh, when organisations really realise the value of top-notch rosterers, you know, they can make life very easy. They can save you a lot of money. Oh, absolutely. I yeah. My kind of world, my payroll world started a bit in rostering, in fact, because um, the concept was is, you know, you, you people were, you know, rostering was really what your payroll was going to cost and it was no mm. point waiting till after the payroll had been, <laughs> you know, being run to find out that you, your rostering costs were too high. So um, I think rostering is incredibly important and, like you say, undervalued in a lot of organisations. Mm. Yeah. I mean, you, you touched on it, you know, the entertainment sector has been devastated during mm. the pandemic and I imagine, you know, your payroll operations have also had to change. How have you revisited the way you work and, and that of the team and the speed of the change required during the pandemic and also, of course, I imagine you're managing people remotely now? Yes, I am, as, you know, like the rest of the country. Mm. Um, yeah, the, but God, the pandemic, wasn't that a thing? <laughs> Um, Is it over when, yet? No, but, but when it first hit, you know, we were, there was this whisper, oh, you might have to work from home in the future. Actually, the future's tomorrow. Could you just grab all your gear and go? Yeah. Um, and, you know, prior to that, I had uh, I had struggled to get my team at that stage to embrace working from home. I'd wanted them to try it, just mm-hmm. a day here, a day there, and I, I couldn't get any attraction on it. And then suddenly the, um, the pandemic forced that. Mm. And... Yeah, that was rocky at the beginning. Um, you know, payroll people like a bit of structure. They like solid ground under their feet. I guess a lot of people do, but mm-hmm. I find payroll folk really do like that. And suddenly shifting sands, uh, no, that's that's not a good place for them to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they had lots of questions for me that I didn't have answers to immediately uh, because we just had to completely recalibrate and, and work out how we were going to do this. Um, but the other thing about payroll folk that I really like is their ability to recover from that shock reasonably quickly mm-hmm. and just go, right, well, there's a deadline approaching. We just need to crack on here. And so solutions come up. Maybe maybe some of them are temporary. Maybe some of them are, are able to be longer term, you know, upfront. But they, they generally find a way through because there's a hard deadline waiting. Mm. And... and you know, you've got a whole crowd of people who you are providing their their means to live. You're providing their pay, mm. and that got to still happen. It's <laughs> really it's a, it's a really interesting almost um, problem that we make for ourselves in payroll because, of course, uh, it's it's important. And if but, but what what I find, and I don't know, you probably don't have this challenge at the Opera House because you've got good payroll systems and processes and people, but what I have seen, um, particularly in the last couple of years, is really, really overworked and under-resourced payroll teams mm. that because they do everything it takes to get 
the payroll done. And that, that could well mean working till 11, 12 o'clock on a Tuesday night mm. um, because nothing become, nothing is more important than, than actually making the payroll deadline. And, yeah. and that comes at a real cost at times to their family life, you know, to their, to their health. Mm. Um, and I've just, it's just something I've just noticed in the, past, in the past couple of years is that we really do, as a payroll community, um, I guess rightly put the, getting the payroll done on time as a priority, but perhaps aren't very good at articulating what we need to support that, you know, that, that to happen. And yes. so therefore we take it on ourselves and, you know, and, and, and like I say, at the detriment of, of the payroll team often. Yes, and I think that is true to a degree. Um, and also the, those, those deadlines come around so fast, there's not a lot of time in between them to step out of the weeds and go, mm. right, uh, how could we do this a bit more efficiently because there's just, just such a short window between when the merry-go-round starts again um, to, to actually, you know, come up with other approaches I find mm-hmm. um, you've really got to you've really got to try and as a manager I try and make time for that to just go yeah well yes we've got through this and don't you feel great the adrenaline rushes over but this is not sustainable mm. you know, we have to get back to what is a better balance between work and home and you know COVID there's plus and minuses you know I think people have also found a lot of positives from working from home because mm. they do realize that your day doesn't have to be quite as linear as it is in the office. You know, it can be take the children to school and come back to work or it can be do some little household chore during the day and then come back to work. Mm-hmm. Maybe your day is slightly longer, but you've still achieved the same amount. But, you know, you've also had little breaks and things and, and things that make you feel generally better about having a handle on life uh, along the way. So I don't know if that's answered your question. Yeah, no, I, think it's, I just think it's really interesting because I – I just noticed these things from the outside, but I'm actually not in a pay. I'm not actually working in a pay office day to day, so I'm interested in your in your you know your experience as well. Yeah, I mean, I guess one of the things I did notice when when COVID came along was that we, because you were working from home, uh, I had to sort of really be more disciplined about shutting the computer at mm, a particular yeah. time in the evening because uh, it was easier to just go. Oh, I'm just sitting here. I'll do one more thing and then I'll turn my chair around. But um, I found that was happening. Not just for me. I started talking to the team and realizing that everybody's day was sort of it was a bit of you know creeping along. Yeah, merged. Saying, yeah, I, I had know, the same problem. <laughs> yeah, shut it down, and you know, as if you were in the office, you do leave. So just because you're at home, you've got to kind of find another way to to switch off and actually be kinder to yourself and just go. No, we're finishing now. Yeah, a friend of mine does a walk. She walks in yeah. the morning and she walks in when she finishes work and she said it's kind of replaces her commute and it almost mm. and she said it just mentally signals to me when my day starts and when my day ends. And I thought that yeah. was quite a good strategy. Yeah, I think having something that 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 signifies the switch off. Mm. Um, particularly because you know a lot of people's office is in the middle of their lounge room. Now, mm-hmm. you know, it's right in the middle of their life. And so um you know, you've always got emails and things winking at you from the corner of the room. And you're like, no, no, don't do it. Don't do yeah. it. Yeah, or like me, I'm three metres from the fridge, which is not good. It's I've, not got, good. I've got the uh, the kettle is my, yeah, I think I drink way too much tea now. <laughs> That's funny. I mean, is the Opera House getting back to, 
to normal. I mean, I think I've got, I think I was, um, I think you've got the Phantom of the Opera there, you've got mm-hmm. Hamlet there. I've had tickets to both of those um, postponed, but they're both rescheduled now. Is it, is it, is it, yeah, is it we back are, to normal or is it just getting back to normal? It's getting back to normal. We're certainly coming back to life now. Um, I think a few weeks back our food and beverage operations started, uh, started up again. And uh, I've been into the office a couple of times mm-hmm. now. And you, you go on the way home, you can see some of the restaurants with a bit of energy in them. And certainly yeah, um, performances are uh, being scheduled. You know, we're, we're ramping up toward Christmas and beyond. Uh, I guess the thing is, you, you know, it's it's not easy to suddenly just turn the tap back on to mm. performances. You know? No, exactly. Um, they're not something that you can suddenly start training in quickly. It's it's a it's a staged approach mm. of the pump. But uh, but yeah, we're getting there. <laughs> definitely. Yeah, okay, great. I mean, you're you're I mean a huge supporter of Australian Paral Association, and for for that, mm. I thank you. It definitely doesn't go unnoticed. And you know, you're a graduate of our Paral Leadership Academy and a passionate supporter for ongoing of. Uh, payroll learning, um, especially our, our accredited qualifications um, in payroll. And we, we often talk about how how we can attract new people into the payroll industry, especially at the moment with payroll talent markets so tight. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually really love the story that you told me once about how you get sort of real payroll experience for the kids that do work experience at the <laughs> Opera House. Can you yeah. tell me about what you do for the work experience <laughs> program? Because I, I think it's fantastic. Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, a few years ago, um, our learning people uh, approached me. We we do run occasional work experience programs for kids, so they're, they're with us for a week, and we try and get them exposed to all aspects of our business. And they asked me to go and chat with them about payroll. And um, I was thinking, oh lord, what am I going to say to a bunch of sixteen-year-olds that won't have them face planting on the desk with boredom? You know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so. I decided not to get too much into the weeds of it, but really because you scratch the surface on payroll and very soon the detail Mm. is just overwhelming. But I chatted to them about um, the cost of employing a person, things that they don't see from the outside. I I asked them about did any of them have jobs and did they get a payslip, did they understand it? you know, and start, start getting the conversation going. And then uh, the back end of that session was that I, I mocked up a little enterprise agreement with some conditions in it and I gave them an exercise where I broke them into groups and they had different roles. So somebody was the employer, someone was the employee, someone mm-hmm. was the tax man, et cetera. And they had to work out what they were going to be paid for a particular shift um, the employer had to hand that money over. They didn't really like doing that. <laughs> then the employee went, oh, isn't this fantastic? And then I said, oh, but the tax man wants his cut. Mm-hmm. And they had to hand over vast amounts and they didn't like that. And <laughs> so, so it went on. So but it was, um, it was a real eye-opener for them, I think, to, to just actually do it rather than have me sit there talk at them, mm-hmm. just do it. And then at the end of the session I would always have probably – sort of three questions I would ask, you know, was there something in there that really surprised them that they didn't know before or didn't imagine? Mm-hmm. Most of the time it was they didn't understand the hidden costs of employing somebody. They mm-hmm. thought salary was it, um, but, that you know, the impact on the business is much bigger than that. There was always one in the bunch that just went, oh, I can't believe I had to pay so much tax. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I would just gently sort of say, yeah, yeah, go and talk to mum and dad about yeah, that. Yeah, get used Come to it, in. kid. <laughs> You, know, you can see how you go. Yeah. Uh, and then I would ask, 
did anybody think that payroll might be for them? So it might be something they'd be interested in. And mm. and as usual, you know, even at that age, the payroll people don't put their hands up. It'd be some other kid in the room going, oh, that guy over there would be really good at it, you know. <laughs> and it's true, you know, if you found the one that can calculate in, a, in an instant and just go, well, yeah, I like this answer and I like this work. Yeah. Uh, and then the crunch would come and I would, I would give them an out and say, you know, I'm not going to be offended, but is there anybody in here who really knows after this session that they do not want to work in payroll? And sheepishly, some hands would creep up, you know. <laughs> Just so I'd be like, it's okay, it's okay. Because I think it was, and I would go on to explain to them, I think it's, you know, it's, it's with work experience, it's just as important to find out what you don't want to do as what you do want to do. Yeah, and um, I was trying to give them this notion of, of look at not necessarily what exact job you want, but what type of work mm. do you think you'll be able to do? What type of work will interest you? Because I would say to them, you're going to be doing it five days out of seven, you better find some joy because... Mm. Um, It'll be a long haul if if you can't. But they uh, they appreciated the the session in the end. You'd see it wouldn't always be a lot of chatter, but there was a lot of head nodding, and you could see the wheels turning uh, just for something that they may not have thought about at all in the past. So it's I, always a fun session to do. And I think too that even if I mean you probably probably mainly got performing arts kids, I imagine um, coming well, it can to be all sorts. Yeah, it can, can be all sorts. Okay. Yeah. Um, but it's, it doesn't matter where they work, but to give them an appreciation of payroll and what it actually takes for them to get paid when they do get mm. a job, I think yeah. that's uh, brilliant education. So, um, yeah, I just love that story and I'd love mm. more employers to, to, to do that for because, I mean, you know, I think it's year 10, you know, or, you know every kid in the state yeah. needs to do some work experience. So um, I think adding payroll to it's a, a brilliant idea. Oh, look, I had one kid one year when I asked, you know, does anybody have a job? You know, a lot of them uh, have... Um, part-time jobs in, mm-hmm. the, in the fast food industry and this kid was working for McDonald's and he'd already managed to to get himself a permanent part-time job wow. even though he was at school <laughs> and he was at me saying I know I get leave I get all and I went oh yeah man you've got it going on <laughs> <You're good at laughs> I thought mm, you're one to watch <laughs> that's funny um, I mean, you, you spoke earlier on about, you know, you studied in HR and IR mm-hmm. and, and and I'm always interested in the relationship between human resources and payroll. It's often a bit of a dinner party conversation or debate uh, for me. Um, and they're, of course, they're intimately linked and, and must work together no matter what the reporting lines say. But there are challenges and often mm-hmm. due to the different work style of HR folk to payroll professionals. Um, and as, in payroll, we rely on the information and the data from HR to get our jobs done. I'm interested with your sort of HR and payroll background, how you might have found ways to bridge the gap that exists often between HR and payroll. Yeah. Um, it's it's an interesting conversation, isn't it? I mean, I sort of have sort of stepped up uh, out of, out of the, the quagmire of late and just gone, yeah, where is all our work coming from and where do we pass it on to after that? And you know, what do they have and what do we need? And... Um, I look at our HR people and I'm, I'm in awe of them. They're, they're, they have the most amazing people skills that I don't have, you know. They have conversations on a daily basis that I would rather eat glass than participate in, quite frankly. <laughs> and, and I just look at that and I think, well, you know, let them do that bit. They're really good at it. How can mm-hmm. I get in underneath there to offer them 
support from an administrative angle, mm-hmm. whether it's advice on entitlements or ways to process things better or, you know, but just, you know, have the conversation. You know, um, you can be a payroll person that sits at their desk and, you know, kind of goes, oh, harumph, I don't have this in time or people, somebody didn't give me that or, you know, you can you can be the victim or you can be, right, well, maybe I need a better understanding of how they work and if I open that door and have that conversation, then you will find, I well, I found time and again, that people are happy to talk about it and happy to, uh, you know, get a better understanding of both sides of that equation mm. and, and just start working together a bit more. And even just maybe sometimes you can't change a lot of things, but at least having an understanding of why they're occurring is goes a long way towards just, uh, you know, feeling better about the fact that, okay, well, I'm going to have to deal with a short time frame because of something that's out of both of our control. Mm. You know, but until you start talking to them and really start sort of, you know, seriously contemplating how they work and how you work and where that middle ground can be, then you don't get anywhere. Mm. You know, it'll just proliferate into something that's, you know, horrid. So um, just talk to them. They're HR people. They love talking. Trust me. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, it's just an interesting conversation because I hear a, a lot of commentary around, you know, I'd rather report to HR or I'd rather report to finance and it doesn't actually matter where the mm. reporting lines go. Um, no. Everyone's trying to get a job done and like you say, like for payroll to facilitate support for the jobs that others are trying to get done mm. uh, is so important. I, I looked at these days as um, in my brain I've kind of got this continuum that starts in HR and ends in finance. Mm. So... You know, if you imagine a new starter into the organisation, uh, HR, bring them in, they pass the person and the information on to us, they'll get rusted, they'll get appointed into a payroll, they'll, they'll, be, they'll be the life cycle of the employee, and the payrolls will occur, and then, then we pass different information to them into finance. So it's this, it's one long stream. Mm, that's a great way of looking at it. It's how you get it from, you know, podcast to junior. Mm, yeah, like, that's um, a great. That's a great way of looking at. It. I love that. Yeah, but you, you're just taking information and turning it into different things for what different people need. Mm. And, uh, but you, that, that idea that you're just in the middle on your own—that doesn't work. I think you've got to look much broader than that. Mm. No, I agree. I agree. Uh, so, what is it that you most enjoy about working in payroll? Because you've, you've you've done it for a long time now. I have done it for a long time. What's kept you? you? What's kept you here? Sorry, I don't want you to go anywhere. Don't take this the wrong way. I love you being in the apparel industry. (laughs) Um, What do I love about my job? Look, I I am a problem solver Mm -hmm. at heart. I really, I really love that. I love looking at a payroll landscape in front of me and finding efficient, logical, robust, future-proof, people-friendly solutions. Mm You know, I'm, up, I'm after all those things and, and I'm lucky enough to work in an environment that allows me to do that. Um, I've, got, I've got a great manager who knows that about me mm-hmm. and who sort of, you know, can let me run around down any rabbit hole that I think is necessary. Mm-hmm. And, and also they have the ability to just casually drop things in conversation that need a solution knowing that I'll pick that up mm-hmm. and... <laughs> And a few days later, I go, you meant to do that, didn't you? And they go, damn, got me again. Um, so I do love that sort of nature of the work. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think also 
I'm now at an age and in a position where I really enjoy imparting information to, mm. to new up-and-coming people. Um, I'm happy for them to have access to any kind of knowledge or wisdom that I might have, you know, uh, to, to help them along the way. That's a, that's a lovely thing, to see somebody who's at the beginning and to see the interest that is sparked and to go, yep, that's one that will, that will work well in this industry. That's great. Mm. And then, you know, uh, there has to be that element also of me having been in an organisation for such a long time, you know, I wouldn't be there if I didn't love it. And, uh, and the Opera House is, it's just a vibrant place oh, inside and out. Love it, yeah. You know, so something about that building and that atmosphere will does get under your skin. Mm-hmm. And um, I've always said that if I didn't like it anymore, I'd move on, but I haven't got to that point yet, so... Amazing. I love the I love it as well. I love everything about the opera house. I love yeah. just walking around it. I love going to events there. Um mm. there is you're right. There's something it's just it's part of Sydney history, you know. It is it's quite so. magical at times, yeah. Now you've you've touched on a little bit, but it was my last question for you. Mm. What tips that you might have for someone new to the payroll industry who wants to cement a career in payroll? If you've found someone in those uh those, yeah. those school uh, programs <laughs> who just pique their interest. I mean, what what would your um, what would your tips be for those people? Oh, look, I guess you know some of that. What I mentioned in, in that little anecdote is really you know deciding what type of work you like to do, and mm. if, if you know if it seems that payroll is is in that vein, then you know try and talk to people who are already in it. You know, mm. find out exactly what it entails, and try and talk to. Uh, people in different industries because it can mm. vary wildly as well. Mm, absolutely. You know, um, you know just, you know, really, really sort out for yourself what it is that you think you might like to do, the type of work you might like to do. Barrel can be terribly rewarding if, you, if you're really into it. I, I find it so, mm. you know. Uh, I think go, uh, now we're lucky enough to have, as you've mentioned, some formal calls, um, certificate falls and diploma. Absolutely, absolutely sink your teeth into those. It'll give you a very good grounding if, if it's an industry that you decide you're going to launch yourself into. And um, and it's important given you and I both know that, you know, the legislative landscape is vast and varied mm. between from federal to state, et cetera, you know, but that those quals will serve you well in terms of just having a look at the whole lot mm. and, and starting from scratch. Um, mm. But, yeah, if you are of... If you have an inquisitive mind, if you like problem solving, if you mm. love computers, you know, and if you find that uh, task-based work works for you, you know, these are the sorts of things that you will find in this arena. Mm. I think, um, yeah, just see if you can get hook into any of those. Yeah, I think problem solving's the, the thing for me. I think if mm. you know people think it's just follow the bouncing ball every week, fortnight, and month, and it's all the same. It's it's actually the problem solving for me that makes people stand out in our industry so um i think that's i've just written that down um in my notes Mm. and i think those solutions can come from any level Mm. you know i'm always telling my team about how i'm i'm not precious about where solutions come from Mm. or even just the germ of a solution you know some i don't want people sitting there not saying something because they think, oh, that might sound a bit silly. I just go, no, nothing silly. Mm. <laughs> you know, you'd be surprised where answers come from. And um, I'm always about that, yeah. It's really interesting that you say that. I was at a meeting the other day with uh, an organisation who's got a, who's got a bit of a payroll problem mm. and um, 
And I kind of asked what I thought was a silly question. And um, it came out that this was a very important question. It was an obvious question. I just thought there's something missing here. And so I asked the question. And the head of HR looked towards the, you know, the, the payroll person and said, um, do you think that same thing? And she said, yes, I do. And he said, well, why haven't you ever told me that? And she said, I was just too scared. Mm. And I thought, how sad that, that she didn't have the confidence to actually say, hey, I think I've got a solution to this problem. Yeah. Um, and it needed someone like me to bring it up. I mean, um, and I, it was it really stuck with me about, you know, I think you're right. We, in a payroll team, it doesn't matter whether you've been there for, you know, three months or 30 years, you've probably got the answers in-house mm. if, if, if you just, you know, ask the right question. So, um, yeah, and sometimes even those with the uh, who have only been there for three months can have a clearer vision. Absolutely. So, yeah. you know, just, just don't discount it. It's, you know... Uh, I just don't see any any downside in, in opening that door to everybody. Yeah, I agree. Mm. Hey, Steph, whenever people ask me to describe the qualities of a high-performing payroll professional, you always come to mind. You, you really do. It's it's always such a pleasure speaking with you, and I, I love, um, I love your, as I say, your, your passion for all things payroll. So, mm. you know, thank you for, for taking the time to speak with me today on Talking Payroll. I've really enjoyed um I always enjoy speaking to you, but I'm really excited to share this conversation um, with, with with the rest of the payroll community. Well, that is a lovely thing for you to say, and it has been an absolute delight from this end as well. I, I, I think I enjoy talking to you equally as much. Indeed. Well, I look forward to seeing you in the flesh soon. Absolutely. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> down, yeah. Next time I come down to the Opera House, I'll come and knock on your door. Oh, please do. <laughs> See you soon. Thanks, Tracy. Hi, this is Tracy. I hope you enjoyed that last episode of Talking Payroll. If you've got any comments or questions, please email them to us at podcast at ostpayroll.com.au. And look, if there's anyone that you'd love to hear on this podcast or someone that you think that I just have to interview, and maybe that's even you, uh, please please let us know by emailing podcast at ostpayroll.com.au. That's podcast at austpayroll.com.au. I'm really looking forward to having you listen again next time I'm talking payroll.